0: behold your glory Father we are amazed we're amazed by your works and I pray that with our words with our lives we would sing We'd sing with the angels. With our lives, we'd honor this gift of a baby in a manger who would change everything for humanity, who would pay a price that none of us would truly be able to pay. Greatest gift that we could receive this Christmas, and I pray that our lives honor this gift. In this place right now, if there's brokenness, that we would look to you to mend it. If there are lost hearts in this place right now, I pray, I pray, Emmanuel, that your Holy Spirit would walk alongside. We do this in your son's beautiful and holy name. And all God's people said, Amen. You guys can be seated.
1: All right, if you have your Bibles, let's open them up to Luke chapter 1. Uh, Yes, we are still, we're three weeks in, still in Luke chapter 1. Congratulations. you've been joining along the whole time, you've made it this far. Um, so so we are on Friday. Uh, we will wake up, right? It'll be Christmas morning. Uh, we will open our presents and we will open our stockings and then we will quickly try to clean up the house and get back to bed. That's kind of the MO that we like at my house. Um, but, but I think when I say on Friday is Christmas, that statement alone can kind of cause uh, a variety of emotions. For some, it would bring uh, emotions of, of excitement. And for some, it brings emotions of, of dread because the thought that on Friday will be on the tail end of Christmas uh, only elevates the heart because we think of all the things that, that still uh, need to be done. There, there's gifts to buy, there's presents to wrap, there's, there's schedules to, to not only make but then execute, uh, even in uh, maybe the most bizarre year of our lives uh, as we try to social distance. And, uh, and I think uh, here at Merge what we've been trying to do is lessen those feelings of, of urgency uh, and then we've, we've kind of strived to replace them with eager anticipation. Uh, as we attempt to take on this Christmas season, really just any Christmas season that we have, uh, at the, the speed of God. And so, uh, because we, we don't want the speed of this season to outpace the significance of, of, of really why we celebrate uh, in the first place. And, and I believe so firmly that, that Christmas should be a, a worshipful anticipation of, uh, for, for when God literally broke into our story so that we could have a Savior. Uh, we can have someone who rescues us from the wages of sin that leads us to death. And, and God is, is moving uh, in our direction out of his great love for us. And, and Christmas signifies his inbreaking uh, with the birth of, of baby Jesus. In these past few weeks... We've been kind of seeing this at play in, uh, as, as we've wrapped our hearts around Luke chapter 1 where the angel Gabriel uh, makes two different appearances and he foretells two different births. Uh, the first birth is uh, John who is the forerunner of Jesus, John the Baptist. Uh, he will go before uh, the Lord and, and he will tell the people Jesus is coming. And then secondly, we... We see the birth of, the foretelling of the birth of Jesus, who is Emmanuel, who is who is God with us. He is he's our great hope. He's our great rescuer. He's our great redeemer. And then now let's let's remember where we left off uh, last week. Elizabeth, she is six months pregnant, and uh, and Mary is told by Gabriel about her immaculate conception. And then really the theme becomes: with God, nothing is impossible. Uh, with God, there there is absolutely nothing that is impossible, and Mary responds with, with I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be, uh, let it be to me, according to your word. And in verse nine, I'm sorry, verse thirty nine uh, picks up with with Mary leaving in haste to the hill country where she's going to visit her relative, Elizabeth, and. Uh, who is with child, and as Mary arrives, the, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. And, and, and this is where we ended last week, asking ourselves that when was the last time we leapt for joy because we were in the presence of Jesus. And so, so Elizabeth is just simply amazed that, that God would grant her such an incredible gift by sending uh, Mary and sending baby Jesus to her, and, and she ponders uh, both in her heart and with her mouth, uh, how is it that someone like me would get to be around someone like the mother of my Lord? And, and where we spend our time this morning is, is in what Mary says next, because Elizabeth asks a question, and then Mary breaks out in song. Uh, in fact, we call this Mary's Magnificate. Uh, and so, so as worship, uh, as, as we worship through Mary's response, I want to just remind us of, of what we've been saying overall, really the past couple weeks, is that God always accomplishes his plan. Always. God always accomplishes, his plan. That, that in Zechariah, what we got to see a couple weeks ago uh, was how uh, God's plan is accomplished even in the face of, of our unbelief or disbelief. And then when we look at Mary, we see how God's plan is accomplished even if we don't fully understand each and every step along the way. That God's plan is always accomplished. And so, so in the sending of Jesus, the Father is fulfilling promises that He made us long ago. Now, and this isn't this isn't the case that uh, uh, case of someone who forgot a promise that they made, like like we parents do from time to time. Remember, you ever have your kid tell you, "Hey, remember you promised we would do this?" And you're like, "I don't even recall." Or you're my child, right? I don't I don't recall ever knowing you. Uh, and so, so this isn't one of those moments that that. God made a promise at one time and then such a long time has gone past that, that he needs to be reminded that, that, hey, remember that time you said you would do this, that you would send a Messiah? He doesn't look around and say, oh, yeah, I, yeah, that's something we, I did say. I guess we should probably do something about that. But what we see developing here is that, that he's used from the first promise of sending the Messiah— He's used this time to reveal his glory and to reveal his desire over the hearts of, of his people. And Jesus is arriving, and this is, it's so important we would get this, that Jesus is arriving at the exact nanosecond of when God intended him to arrive. Like the exact moment. And that's why, that's why Mary's Magnificat is, is so powerful for us to visit uh, really just a few days before we celebrate Christmas 2020. And so, so we're just going to kind of work through this song of praise that she, that she brings before God. And there's going to be some things that we get to see along the way. And the first one is this, is that, that Mary rejoices in the Lord. And this is such an important decision. Mary rejoices in the Lord, says verse 46 in chapter 1. And Mary said, my, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And what's, what's about to erupt in worship through the heart of Mary is directed toward the praise of one. In fact, uh, she's going to speak about her state and she's going to speak about other people, but really that's only in an attempt to make sure that the spotlight uh, and the place of honor is given to God who is doing all of these things. That, that that all worship, all worship that is pure is done in this way. Mary says, my soul, so, so, so the deep part of me, the, the, the part of me that really no one can travel into without my permission, where my emotions are. Are raw and where I am most vulnerable, my soul magnifies. So, my, my soul extols and exalts and, and draws praise uh, from my, my soul and extends it to the attention of the Lord. And then she says, My spirit rejoices, and my spirit is rejoicing in, in the saving work of of God which is continual and it's fulfilling and and it makes him completely unique to anything that is created to anything that that offers uh, satisfaction and, and this is this is how she feels she says this is this is how I feel and it leads me to rejoicing in the Lord and and so the question is why does she rejoice on the Lord, and it's number two, uh, that Mary sees herself as blessed. Verse 48, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things.